This is a podcast from the Nuffield Department of Medicine. Today, we speak with Dr. Gail Carson about the clinical research response to outbreaks. Hello. Hello. When is a disease considered an outbreak? It's considered an outbreak when there's an increase in cases of that disease um, above what you would normally expect in a population in a place. So if we think about, for example, Zika, um, the increase that occurred in the microcephaly, so the babies who were being born with small heads, raised a, an alarm in Brazil that there was something wrong because they were seeing more cases than they would normally see. Why is responding quickly to an outbreak important? Quotes aren't easy to do when you're speaking, but um, I'd like to use one from a Roman poet from a very long time ago um, called Ovid, who actually said um, to act before disease becomes persistent through long delays. And that still stands true today, in that if we act quickly, we're more likely to limit the number of people who are infected, limit the impacts on the economy and so on. And so um, to help us act quickly, we actually have to be better prepared. What are the most important responses to an outbreak? Strong central communication and coordination has to be in place without a doubt. And within that, you have to think about how the main players all work together. And that's the, the doctors and the nurses, the public, the laboratories, and the public health agencies. Within that infrastructure, you want to embed a clinical research response so that we can try and respond as quickly as possible. And for all of the above to work, um, we want to try and make sure that there's the capability to share information quickly, to share data that then feeds into patient care, policy and so on. What are the most important lines of research that have developed over the last five or ten years? I think the recognition and the agreement that data sharing is imperative sounds very simple. Um, it's something that's been discussed for a while, but I think mainly because of um, more recent outbreaks such as Ebola in West Africa and then with Zika, all of the stakeholders are now recognising that actually we need to not only speak about it, we actually need to make it happen. And with that, good comprehensive clinical data collection. Again, you know, it's nothing sexy, but it often isn't done well. Um, with Zika, however, under the leadership of the World Health Organization, ISARIC and partners like Institut Pasteur have been working well together to try and make sure that we harmonize the various study protocols to try and ensure that data can be compared across the studies in the future. And by doing so, by working together more efficiently, we can try and answer the key questions quickly. Why does your research matter? Why should we put money into it? Well, there was a clear need for ISARC to be formed um, after the 2009 flu pandemic, when the heads of the international research organisations basically said, where was all the clinical research? and charged people like Jeremy Farrer and Fred Hayden um, to form a network like ISARIC and, and for us to seek funding. Because we try to put the infrastructure in place to make sure that we can launch a quicker clinical research response. How does your research fit into translational medicine within the department? Well, ISARIC's multidisciplinary. Uh, we're a network of networks. Um, 
predominantly clinical research networks, but also we have members who are geneticists, virologists, microbiologists, pharmacologists, clinicians, obviously, um, and so on, and work very closely with um, the public health agencies. So I think we're very aware of the need to cross-cut across disciplines, specialties, and to have a wider approach. For example, we speak of One Health, um, so not just to think very much you know, in a silo about humans, but to think more broadly than that. And with the type of diseases that we deal with, that's crucial. Thank you for talking to us today. Pleasure. Thank you very much.